Good morning, Houston of FloridaDaily.net, and I'm Kemp Parr. This morning, my guest is Kermit Baker, a Harvard economist. Kermit, how you doing? I'm doing well, Kemp. Thank you very much. It's good to be with you. It's been, I was just looking, we haven't talked since August. Seems like the, the world's changed a lot since then, right? It's changed since yesterday, Kemp, so yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's start with the good news. Let's start with housing. One of the things you focus on is Lira, the leading indicator for remodel. Tell us what's going on in the housing market. Well, housing is one of those sectors that's doing extremely well. You know, we're seeing this really throughout the economy that some are up, some are down. And I think the concern was when this pandemic began that housing was going to be one of those sectors that was going to be harmed by the recession. And it had a kind of a month or two of a pause catching its breath and it came it came roaring back. Housing starts are um, you know, really at levels we've been predicting for the last decade or so. They're up to you know, 1.5, 1.6 million. That's about what we need to accommodate all the households that are being formed. But it still looks like we have some catch-up to do from a, you know, literally a decade of undersupply. And home improvements also uh, surprisingly well. It's, it's been a little stronger on the you know, outside stuff, getting people's yard in, in shape, getting the exterior of the homes. Until recently, I think households have been a little bit nervous about having remodeling crews in their house working on kitchen bathroom or things like that. But I think that's even starting to come around, too. Really firing on all cylinders on the residential side. Yeah, let me share with you. You know, obviously, last year we had that terrible second quarter. But even in light of that, if you look at the roll-up of the residential side of the flooring business, we think in 20 versus 19, it might have been up as much as 4%, even with that terrible second quarter. So that's pretty good, isn't it? It really is amazing how it came back so quickly, because I think you asked most folks in late March how they thought the year was going to shape up. It was looking like a disaster. And a lot of companies, a lot of remodeling companies furloughed their, work, furloughed their workers just thinking there wasn't going to be any work for them for the foreseeable future. You know, as you say, it's, it's, it's amazing how quickly that market recovered. Even carpet, you know, which has been a, on a, almost a constant decline, has seen a little bit of a bounce back. So it's a lot, a lot of folks yeah. in this business that are happy right now. Absolutely. So before we leave housing, one of the things that kind of tells us it's going to be strong for a little while is where the millennials are in the house buying age cycle, right? I mean, they, they're going to be buying housing you know, for the next few years and, and maybe on five or six years, wouldn't you think? Well, I think that's right, and I think this whole episode has really accelerated that process. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the peak year for millennial birth was 1990, so they are, you know, sort of the peak of that, that generation are now in their early 30s, yeah. and so one would think, based on prior generations, they would be home buyers already and homeowners already, yeah. but a lot of them were delaying it just because they were partnering later, they were having uh, kids later, yeah. and kind of as a group uh, in, enjoying urban living. But but I think that turned around pretty quickly with the pandemic, and they didn't see the advantages of living in central cities and saw a lot of advantages of a house in the suburbs with a big backyard. And so I think something they were going to do regardless, suddenly last year seemed like it was a good time to get started on that process. And on top of everything else that was going on with the pandemic, we saw very, very favorable mortgage rates. You know, a lot of them, I think, took the plunge early, and I think you know, a lot of others are going to continue to move in that direction uh, through this year and next. Yeah, one hurdle is the availability of supply and then the exorbitant cost, um, yeah, especially with the supply chain issues we're having now. I bought a piece of plywood at Home Depot this past weekend. It was probably double what the sheet I bought two years ago. 
surprising how, to your point, Kemp, how how slow the supply chain has responded to this. You know, wood is you know, lumber is certainly one the poster child, I think, of yeah. unavailability and rising prices. But it's really throughout the market. You know, we went to a local showroom to look at some appliances and. Mm-hmm. Virtually everything we looked at, Kemp, they said, well, that's on three-month back order or yeah. four-month back order or whatever. I mean, it was really across the board how much there are sort of backlogs there, number one. And number two, we also had a contractor over a couple of weeks ago to look at a project we were thinking about. And he said, yeah, we'd be, we'd be happy to put on a proposal for this. We could probably get started on this in late 21, 2021, but you know, probably safer to think about 2022 as a starting date. Isn't that unbelievable? So, um, <laughs> you know, just, just, just amazing how much backlog there is throughout the industry. Yeah. All right, let's move to the other side, because this is really the side that there's so many unanswered questions, the commercial side of the business. Obviously, you're the economist for the American Institute of Architecture. You released this billing index. The billing index for the last month we got was January and it was up a hair, 44.9 nationally, up from 42 the month before. But uh, interestingly enough, since I'm in the South, the South was almost 50. It was closer to 50. So uh, tell us a little bit about what you're thinking there. Yeah, we're starting to see a little bit of thawing in the index. To remind our listeners, Camp, any score on our index for any of the elements, if it's below 50, means that the market still is declining just at a slower rate. And and you're right. Our billings index was down in the you know in the low 30s when the pandemic hit, and slowly but steadily was pushing back towards uh, stability as we went through the year, and then kind of had a a weak fourth quarter. I, I think partly because of what was going on in the broader economy, and then began to reverse a little bit in January, and we'll be releasing our. February numbers next week. So if we see, you know, we'll see if there is progress. I think the source of optimism there is that, you know, new work coming into architecture firms seems to be stronger than, than, than billings on existing projects. So some signs of life. And, and we do ask architecture firms about project inquiries, just kind of informal discussions that they might be having with developers or former clients about future work. And, and that's actually been pretty healthy in recent months, too. So at least it does seem like people are starting to think about getting back into, you know, working on in the construction sector and, and, and working on new projects. But a little bit nervous in this environment about uh, is this a good time to start on one? And I think that's sort of the dilemma they're having is that, you know, a lot of pent-up demand out there. But when is it going to hit? And, and, and when do we, uh, you know, don't, don't want to get ahead of the curve here? And when, when should we think is a realistic time to start on some of these projects given what's going on? Yeah, so we look at the sectors in the commercial side and we see... Healthcare is okay, education's okay, but uh, hospitality is, you know, very depressed. The whole commercial sector, I think, is very weak, from you know offices to retail, and you know, as you said, uh, hospitality, lodging. You know, it's just a matter of how weak they are and when they're when they're going to come back and how strong they're going to come back. But you know, in a lot of markets, there's a significant excess capacity out there that's going to take a fair amount of time to absorb. Number one, and I think there's some some thought that in some markets it isn't going to be feasible to absorb all this excess space, and they're going to talk about converting it to other uses, you know, be it Amazon fulfillment centers or data centers, or or even in some cases, I think, converting it outside of the sector into institutional, maybe uh, local health clinics or into residential, still, you know, strong housing demand, so maybe affordable housing or something. But I think a lot of tough decisions are going to 
have to be made over the next six months or so as these commercial property owners see what demand is once the dust settles and, and uh, whether there's you know, ultimately going to be demand for those facilities or not. We're about to run out of time, but I do. Last time I talked to you, we had a right-leaning president in the office. Now we've got left-leaning, and there's this concern about inflation. From your perspective as an economist, that's one to watch, isn't it? No, absolutely. I think you know, higher inflation means higher uh, interest rates, and uh, just will stall. You know, even in the residential market, we talked about how healthy it was. Yeah. But I think you know, house prices go up too high, it's going to just freeze a lot of folks out. So um, you know, that is a concern, and mm-hmm. hasn't been a concern for a while. Inflation hasn't been on the radar screen for for many, many years now. And you know, the Fed doesn't seem to be putting it that high on the list of concerns, and. Maybe that should be a little bit uh, troubling for us, too, that how long are they going to wait before they react to some pretty strong signs out there that, that inflation is beginning to bubble up. All right. So your forecast for 21, what, what are you thinking? Uh, housing continues to be strong and, and commercial, what's your call on that? Yeah, you know, housing is going to continue to be strong. Obviously, a few headwinds from pricing, but but demand is there. Uh, commercial market is going to continue to be weak. We did a consensus forecast. That's going to be down 7 or 8% nationally, according to our panel of forecasters. Institutional, uh, not a lot better than that, too. You know, healthcare is still pretty healthy. Education, kind of a mixed bag. But, you know, some of the other public sports facilities and things like that, probably probably going to be weak. You know, we did ask architecture firms recently, when did they see business returning to pre-pandemic levels? About a third of firms said that by the middle of this year, they think, you know, they're either already back to pre-pandemic levels or they will be there by the middle of the year. And by the time we get to the end of 2021, we're up to almost two-thirds of firms uh, indicating they think they'll be back to pre-pandemic levels. So looks like the second half of this year is when we're likely to see a bit of an uptick in uh, design activity. And then you add on the 9 to 12 months uh, that that leads construction. So that that's kind of suggesting middle of 2022 is probably when we see a, a a broader upturn in, in both the commercial and institutional markets. All right, Kermit, you say you've gotten your shots, both of them. I've gotten one of mine. So when are you going back to office? Harvard is closed down for, for the semester, so it'll be uh, it'll be the fall at the earliest. Camp, okay. And that's kind of what I expect, sort of post-Labor Day. Yeah. All right, Kermit, great to catch up with you. Again, been talking to Kermit Baker, a Harvard economist, and you've been listening to Kempar and FloridaLA.net.